Boardwalk Times Multiverse of Marvel is a podcast where we discuss the latest Marvel episodes and TV series as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. My name is Iris Nyholt, and I am a columnist for the Boardwalk Times. I am Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. I'm Julia Dalbell, a columnist at a lot of sites, including The Direct, Murphy's Multiverse, The Illuminati, The Mary Sue, etc., but not on Boardwalk Times. Today, we will be breaking down WandaVision's finale, the series finale, as part of our wonderful World of WandaVision series. So, if you haven't watched WandaVision Episode 9 yet, stop listening now, because there will be huge spoilers ahead. Alright, I cannot believe it's finally over. Um, this finale was definitely not what we've been theorizing about since the beginning, so I'm curious to hear what you all think of this episode. Were you disappointed? Are you satisfied? Are you still processing? Because I know I am. <laughs> Did you cry? I need initial thoughts. I know I cried, but let me let me know. I think based on last week especially, I don't think this finale was all that surprising to me, honestly. Like, I knew Vision was going to have to go. Um, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with the twins because I know we saw the pictures of them on the Doctor Strange set area kind of recently. So I'm like, what's going on with them? Um, we knew Wanda was going to be the Scarlet Witch. We knew she was getting the costume. She was going to fight Agatha. I, I, I was kind of surprised what happened to Agatha. Not exactly... Um, you know, it just kind of set everything up. It set Monica up for Captain Marvel 2 and possibly Secret Invasion. It's like, there wasn't really any big reveals this episode. And I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, I wasn't, I didn't really feel all that surprised by anything. I felt like everything was set up. Even the whole thing with the runes. I mean, I wasn't thinking about it when it happened. I'm like, how did I miss this? Because I knew it was going to come into play somehow. They showed it on previously on. And when they mentioned it last week, I'm like, okay, Wanda's going to do this to Agatha next week or whatever. But... Yeah, it was it was just like, you know what I expected. It was just like there's the finale. You know, it was good. It wasn't the best episode, it wasn't the worst episode. It was it was the finale. So I'm gonna say I pretty much kind of felt the same way. You know, there could have been a lot more. Uh, it was very satisfactory in its construction. I just feel like in terms of like trying to do something like epic or big, it felt a little bit kind of just good enough. And I've seen that before where something can be extremely strong and then end kind of like just good enough, but not like something too crazy. I, I think the main thing is the pacing. And I predicted this last week. I said, if this episode isn't like an hour long, they're not going to be able to do everything. And that's pretty much what happened because they do everything. It's just all very fast. Like there are some scenes that are much longer than others. And those worked extremely well, particularly my main takeaway is that every single scene with vision in this episode, I thought was amazing. Every single one. I thought Vision, everything he did was super cool. Well, Visions. Yes, I absolutely agree with what both of you said. I was actually very satisfied with this episode. Like Julia said, there were no ma uh, major, like, big things being revealed, but we knew that was going to happen. So, yeah, I, I think overall I'm pretty satisfied. I was emotional, which was to be expected. I already knew that. When I was coming home from work, I was like, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to cry. Let's talk about the transformation. I mean... I love her outfit. What do you guys think? I just want to say, I think it's one of the best costumes in the MCU. I, I thought it looked sick. I was like, whoa, when she was, you know, floating down from their big battle in the sky, I was like, that that's the Scarlet Witch. Like, that, that yells Scarlet Witch. I thought the way they did the crown was super, like, it's very good because um, obviously a few episodes ago, they went full blown out cheese and had her wear like, the Sokovian 
you know, fortune teller outfit and the, the crown is like huge and she's, it's like very bright red, but this costume, the crown is more subdued. And I think that does a lot more to make her kind of stand out as like the Scarlet Witch. So epic. Yeah, I think it's good. I know Elizabeth Olsen likes this costume better. I think because it's partly because it doesn't show cleavage and she didn't really want to do that. It was funny because I had an interview with Victoria Blade this week. I don't know if it's going to be out by the time this podcast goes up. It'll be out soon. And she was talking about how they were having trouble getting her to do cleavage for one of the costumes in her thing. Victoria Blade is the commercial lady in WandaVision. And so in the 60s, what it was where she had to wear the dress and have her like the shorter hair and everything. There, she was like, we had to really work hard to get cleavage. So I don't know, like they they seem to really be pushing the cleavage thing, but I'm glad they're just like just making cool costumes and not worrying about the sex appeal of it, um, especially with the heroes themselves. Because like this is a costume like I could see someone fighting in. Like some of Wanda's other ones, it looks like she's gonna go down a runway. I know the one with the jacket and like with the tight pants and like the, the I mean she still has high heels I think, but like you know, but like this suit feels like yes, it's a fighting suit. The the cape might be good for aerodynamics in this sense better. I don't know about that, but yeah, it's just really cool. And it has, it looks nice. It has the cool tiara type thing. I think it was called a wimple in the comments. I don't know if it's still called that, this version. I just think it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about the hair that maybe the color just isn't matching with it, but I think her hair is going to be darker in Doctor Strange too. And that'll really sell the look, I think. Oh yeah, Julia, I think you make an excellent point with uh, where it's more comfort over um, aesthetics with this costume, because I know that a lot of female superheroes obviously have to deal with like it more being about the sex appeal than the, the whole comfort. And is this actually a thing you can fight in of it all? I was gonna say Monica as well. Her what her outfit isn't like quite what I think her costume's gonna be yet, but it does look similar to the comic one, so it might be similar. Like the last outfit she wears in the last couple episodes, where she's fighting and everything. Uh, yeah, I think that goes in the same direction as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's where they're going. Yeah, and speaking of fighting, if we're gonna go there anyway, um, I know we've already mentioned it in our initial reactions, but the fight scene between Agatha and Wanda. She used runes, which I, at first, I was like, why is she shooting at the dome for no reason? And then there the runes were, and I was like, oh, so that's why. Yeah, I thought it was really cool they were doing that. Like, there was some good action in this episode. I don't think it was, like, too much action, because, again, it has to kind of be in the tone of the rest. It has to kind of fit in. Like, obviously, there's different genres at play here. But if we had, like, just, like, sitcom shenanigans and, like, some talking at S.H.I.E.L.D. for a few episodes, or S.W.O.R.D., I should say, for a few episodes, and then, like, suddenly the whole thing is, like, a huge battle, and that's all it is at the end. It would feel, like, a little bit unsatisfying because you have to get through the emotional conclusion. Again, with what Gio was saying, this episode probably should have been longer, so we could have gotten both of those things, but I think with the time they had and, I guess, their budget, they did a good job at balancing the two, and so, yeah, and I like how everyone kind of had their moment um tommy had the thing where he does the cam it looks like a cam not a cameo but like the outfit similar to evan peters in x-men when he's quicksilver in x-men monica had the thing where she blocked bullets vision had fighting himself darcy hitting hayward with a truck was like my favorite moment possibly in this whole episode it was just great again i wish i had some people had more to do but, you know, it's a TV series. It was fine. So my main thing with the battle stuff is I thought, uh, like I, said, I mentioned earlier, I really liked all the vision stuff. I thought it looked really spectacular, like, because Paul Bettany kept saying that. And obviously that's the stuff he filmed and read in the script. So you see a lot of very Man of Steel-esque fight stuff, like basically both visions at their fullest 
potential fighting one another, which ends in a pretty interesting way because they know they're evenly matched. They're both very highly intelligent machines. And so the whole reasoning with Theseus and everything, I thought was a pretty brilliant way to end it. And it's also a way for them to do the obvious thing that everyone expected, which is to give White Vision, you know, the memories. So there was a lot there that I really liked. The actual rune stuff, I also feel like I should have caught. I, I knew Wanda was doing something, but I didn't know what. So yeah, that, I was a bit like, hmm, interesting. I don't know why I didn't catch that, like, or didn't think of it as it happened. It was cool seeing her do her Age of Ultron stuff again, though, where she like, you know, crawls up in this little hand thing and it's all creepy. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, I love that they're still doing that. The um, touch her hand to their forehead and then they have the memories. Cause I don't know, like, I feel like I was aware, I always get worried that old powers or whatever are gonna go by the wayside when new stuff comes up. But like, that was a really cool power. And I like that she was using it against evil this time instead of working with evil. And again, I would have loved to see her use that against like Thanos or something. Cause that would have been really neat. But this was cool too. I mean, back in the movie, I know Thanos wasn't gonna show up in this. Speaking of Thanos, actually, we have to mention that Vision had the energy to do the right thing this time when the White Vision was trying to, you know, pluck the Mind Stone out of his head. He just phased out of it. I was like, wait a minute, couldn't you have done that the other time? Or was he, were you just too weak to do it? I think now, now when the saying it out loud, it makes sense because in the movie he says, oh no, me getting stabbed stopped me from phasing. So that's the explanation it's just still kind of funny that in this they straight up show you how he could have possibly escaped the infinity war scenario that that's why i was saying I, I do feel like being more creative with their powers is one of the coolest new things that marvel started in phase three because that's something that in the first two phases i thought was a bit weak until they got to the team-up movies because in the team-up movies they go all out with showing like just how creative they can get in coordinating the action with their characters Whereas in some of the solo films, they don't really do that much with them. They just have them kind of, you know, like, oh yeah, we defeated the bad guy using like generic means. So yeah, I feel like with these newer phases, they're doing cooler stuff. Which you should think if it's a solo movie for that specific superhero, you would think they would show the, the power they have instead of just generic stuff. So that's still super funny to me. I know that's not the point, but <laughs> just a thought that popped into my head. And yeah, that's where I think they're going with this, specifically with um, now that she is literally called the Scarlet Witch. Uh, I think they're going to finally show her like at her full potential. And I do think she is the villain for Multiverse of Madness, maybe inadvertently, like maybe she's not doing this on purpose and she's losing her mind. And then Agatha calls her like bringer of chaos like multiple times. So it's like clearly she's set up to be some sort of antagonist and I think if since she's more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, they're going to play into that quite heavily. So we might get some pretty epic wizard battles. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I think with what was set up this episode, she, she's going to be a foil to Doctor Strange in some way. I would love it if they fought for most of the movie and then found a way to come together. Because she, because again, in this one, she wants to rise above who Agatha said she was. And so I, I would hate for that to like completely go away, um, The her wanting to rise above it. But yeah. Um, so hopefully they can do that. Like we get battles and then we get them teaming up against some other villain. I don't know. Maybe there will actually be a secret villain in this one. Like everyone thought there was going to be for WandaVision, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I like that they reference Dr. Strange. I know he didn't show up, which I know a lot of people were expecting uh, for reasons, 
but he didn't maybe because they couldn't film because of COVID, or maybe because they're saving it for multiverse of madness or if they just decided to change it but i'm glad he didn't show up and just like take her away i'm glad she decided to go away and study on her own because it gave her more agency and like taking responsibility for her actions i guess and i'm 100 percent there with you i i actually really enjoyed that and uh, technically we did get a bit of dr strange i mean we got his theme whenever she was reading although it implied something evil that's why i was like oh so like it's like I, i've mentioned this uh before the podcast but i feel like with the fan speculation i do feel like some of the stuff that was left unanswered some people are kind of being a bit impatient about where it's like oh where did white vision go oh what where was dr strange it's like i'm pretty sure all of that is implied like it's kind of obvious that they're gonna save this for later it's not like they haven't done this before that's something that i i'm pretty excited to see because you know we see her astral form and all this stuff that you don't expect like i remember watching the scene for the first time i was like who's gonna wait why are they going into this other room and then you see her like doing the astral projecting reading the dark hold and i was like whoa like they're going there so now she really is a witch um i actually that was something in the episode i really enjoyed the explanation for is that the reason why scarlet witch has never had to use incantations or anything is because she's so powerful that she doesn't need any of it and now that she is learning it she's going to be even more powerful it's like that, that's pretty cool. That means she could have, like everyone has said, wiped out Thanos like nothing on her own. I think we do have to circle back for a moment, if y'all are okay with that, to White Vision and Vision not only fighting, but also their conversation because Vision obviously restored his memories by touching the, the stone. And um, what will happen to Vision? What do you guys think? Because he did say, I am Vision, so yeah. I thought White Vision was going to end up destroying himself when he realized he was the real Vision, but then he disappeared, which means they're, I mean, they even hinted it at the end of WandaVision. They made it pretty obvious the intention is for them to meet up again sometime. So yeah, that's, that's happening. Like, it doesn't even feel like Vision's really gone. This so I guess maybe those emotional stakes are kind of gone. I don't know. It felt a little weird just because like I was expecting this whole series, like we have to actually take a bite of Vision now we're giving it the time and now he's going to come back. But I'm glad he's going to come back because Paul Bettany would be back and that's great. I really liked, um, I don't know, I, I'm sure we've talked about the Luke Skywalker cam level cameo, which like I feel like got blown out of proportion because I don't even know who said the Luke Skywalker thing to start with. But yeah, there was a cameo. And then Paul Bettany said, like this was like weeks ago, yeah, I get to have scenes with this actor. I really wanted to work with him. We have great chemistry. And then we kind of found out last week, we figured out, yeah, it's himself. There's been so many people during the series who've jumped on like a couple like really small little bits and episodes and like based their entire excitement around just those things. Like the cameo, one was the aerospace engineer that it was going to be somebody and then it wasn't. And yeah, like those two things, like there were some weeks where I didn't hear about the episode. I heard about the cameo and the aerospace engineer and it wasn't even about the plot. So like, I feel like people ruined it kind of for themselves by focusing on like Easter eggs and not the full story. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like, I know on this very podcast, we're guilty of that. I know I am, but it was more for fun. I didn't really expect any of it. Um, so I'm actually not like mad about any of it at all. There is one I thing though that we should probably mention, because I don't think we've mentioned it yet, which is uh, Ralph Boner, Bonner, so. Is the Boner oh, thing a reference? No. Boner. Just Ralph, yeah, I it's Ralph just, is, it's okay, just, it's just ha -ha. yeah, okay. Hey, hey. Yeah. I thought that was like, all right, like funny, I guess. It's like I said though, the scene felt so awkward, like in terms of pacing, it felt like really fast. Like 
like we got to get the scene out of the way like what happens with monica from that one after credit scene you know what i mean so it's like whatever that should have been explained like you know when they had the post credit scene that one episode where the two of them are together, that should probably have been explained then and not saved for the finale because there really wasn't anything to build up to except for, oh yeah, the Ralph, Agatha's husband or whatever, was Agatha hiding Ralph in Ralph's house. That's why you never saw him. So I'm glad there was actually a Ralph because I know it was a reference to there's characters you never see on screen in sitcoms people talk about. But I like that it connected. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind that they had Evan Peters come be a fake character. I just don't like the way they ended it. Like, I'm okay with him not being actually Quicksilver because it was a good way to mess with the audience because the audience is getting smarter. So it was a fun way to, like, toy with their expectations and make us trust him in a way like Wanda did. But, yeah, it just seemed like a lame ending. He didn't do anything. He seemed to still have the fast powers, didn't he? So, like, that was weird. I think that was probably Agatha's doing, um, obviously. But can I also just say... I am a little bit disappointed that it's not uh, Quicksilver from the X-Men universe because that would have been so cool. And I know that Wanda, or I guess Scarlet Witch, is in the X-Men universe is a little bit as well in the comics. So that would have been such a great way to blend those together. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. He can still show up as a Quicksilver from a different universe. And I have a feeling he might during Multiverse of Madness. Because again, if they are really having Andrew and Toby from Spider-Man come in and then we're going to have alternate versions of the same characters sometimes played by the same actor sometimes not it's kind of you can do whatever you want so it's like I don't think that's ruled out exactly so I'm not upset about it really because it's still possible this is like the beginning of a new era remember like this isn't endgame or whatever this isn't supposed to be tying up everything this is just supposed to, this is all the stuff for face war is supposed to be kicking off the next few years and it's a good kickoff for uh Wanda that's the thing that my biggest takeaway with this series is that as a whole it added so much to the two title characters and even we got some new characters and, you know, other familiar faces that got expanded on. But specifically, Wanda and Vision, I feel like this is their story, finally, um, like, singular. Because when you think about, like, for example, Iron Man, um, there wasn't, like, this huge expectation for a finale confrontation between Iron Man and Iron Monger. Because it wasn't a series with, like, a bunch of questions and looming stuff. So we'll have to wait and see how this ser- series works as a binge. But um, I do like that. This is a kind of its own self-contained thing that sets up future plot lines while expanding on these two characters in a meaningful way because it does feel like they've deserved it and and they've proven themselves. Like that's another great thing about this episode. I've been saying all season that Paul Bettany and uh, Elizabeth Olsen have been carrying like this entire show on their backs. It's just how how like good they are at getting into these characters for such a like you know technically silly property they're taking it so seriously that it works like they're the ones that are making these characters work for people yeah and that's the whole theme with the disney plus series basically most of them are backstory for the movies like it's extra stuff it's like an extra because like you're gonna the movies will make sense without seeing the series but i don't think the series are gonna make sense without seeing the movies so it's like for those fans who want more so again the next series is falcon and the winter soldier it's these are also two characters who are, have been like side characters for however many movies, and here they are now. They're they're the stars. Um, same with Hawkeye coming up, although he's sharing with a new character. Armor Wars with Rhodey. He was he, he really didn't get enough to do, so I'm glad he's getting something to do. And yeah, like that's kind of the whole purpose of these series because they're making a lot of movies, but they can't make that many movies in theaters. Like they gotta they can't quite oversaturate the market. Although they might do that anyway, but we'll see. 
And that's, yeah, that seems to be the promise with these series. It does feel like they're getting to do stuff that they've been wanting to do. And obviously it doesn't have to be like some crazy, like crossover epic. Like as we've seen with this series, even though it's high budget, it's still a TV show. So they can't go all out exactly. So there are some shortcuts taken to try and, you know, save money. So there will be some like bits of wonky-ish CG, but it's nothing too terrible. And so it's, it's fine. And with the bigger movies, they're obviously going to go even crazier. And that's why I think it's important to have this setup for the Scarlet Witch to be so powerful so they can actually show her at her full potential in a, you know, big blockbuster. I think the movies are going to be like, pretty much every movie is going to be like a crossover now and everything. So the series are kind of the smaller ones to kind of like the primers to get you ready because not everything can be like a huge event all the time, Um, which I feel like after like, Endgame and then Far From Home felt like an event too, almost because of how much it's set up and et cetera, et cetera. Like it felt like even like Ant-Man and the Wasp and Captain Marvel, people were like crapping on because they weren't as big as Infinity War in some ways. Like Ant-Man and the Wasp really got that because I guess it was expected to set up whatever. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so I feel like the movies are like the big crossovers in this series are more like, just like the more quiet or not quiet, but like grounded with certain characters kind of projects and we're going to see the difference so speaking of future i know that some of these characters are you know coming back in future movies or it's being speculated that they will be back in movies such as monica being back in um captain marvel 2 wanda being in the new doctor strange movie um there's speculation that jimmy woo might be an ant-man and that darcy might be in thor love and thunder though it's just you know we're not sure we never know for sure but thoughts so the only two have been confirmed wanda and doctor strange 2 Monica in Captain Marvel 2. There's speculation on who's going to be in other stuff. The other ones are going to be in other stuff. The twins, I'm pretty sure, are in Doctor Strange 2 based on the pictures. I think we can safely say that now. So they'll be in it in some way. Um, yeah, Vision's probably going to come back. We don't know how. Sorry, continue. I'm just saying, we don't want to... I'm, I don't want to be spreading misinformation here. I don't want to be getting crap It's that. not misinformation. We are just... Uh, it's just speculation that they might be back. So... <laughs> There's nothing set in stone here. We are just speculating that these characters might make sense to come back in these movies. So, yeah, that's just, I was just wondering what your initial thoughts were on that. But (laughs) So there is one character, though, that I do think deserves the most questioning, which is White Vision, because he just kind of like pieces out. And I think I think that that's pretty good because I was like, oh, well, he's some people have said he's soul searching. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But like, where is he going like that's that's the real question is he gonna show up in anything like what is he gonna show up in because obviously paul bettany has been kind of like trolling this entire season like saying all this stuff and then one of the implied things is that this was his last marvel project but clearly it's not it's like oh uh that's kind of cool i I was saying i really didn't want him to leave and i'm glad he isn't but like where is he going you know what i mean like where's this man going well, if you remember before Infinity War, like you had Tom Hiddleston doing the same thing for Loki. And then, well, obviously in Endgame, we would have kind of figured it out. But before that, it was announced that he was getting his theory. So, yeah, um, they can imply that they're leaving and then they won't. We'll see. Um, I do think Paul Bettany's coming back. Like, again, I don't really know where he'd come back. Like, I guess I could see him being a cameo in Doctor Strange, too. I think they're going to leave it more time before he reunites with Wanda. Um, I'd kind of like to see him just show up as him in something before he reunites with Wanda. Someone I know was suggesting Armor Wars, considering how it's all about, like, science and armor and 
you know, all that weapon stuff, maybe, or even Ironheart. I don't know. There could also be another series that he's in that's, you know, either unannounced or in the early phases. We never know, right? But but with his character being so up in the air, because Paul Bettany hasn't been leaked or announced for any other project. So that's why everyone assumed, like, is he gone? Like, so I'm excited to see what they do with him. I hope he does come back. I thoroughly enjoy his performance as Vision or even White Vision. Just have him come back. Please, Paul Bettany, we love you. Thank you <laughs> for your service to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but while we're on the topic of future still, um, let's go back and talk about the future of um, an actual character too, Agatha. What will be her future? Because she's trapped in Westview or in her nosy neighbor um, persona. So what's going to happen with her? They pretty much said it, not directly in the episode or whatever, but Wanda said, yeah, you're going to be there until, like, we need you again or something. I don't think she said that directly, but that's pretty much what it is. They have her around. They didn't kill her off. They probably want to use her again. They at least think they want to use her again somewhere. They want to keep her around because they have this whole thing with Marvel of killing off villains. And sometimes it's been like, oh, yeah, we won't, maybe we should have kept that character around so we could use them in the future. So, yeah, I'm glad Agatha didn't die. Um, I was hoping she'd live. So she's still there. She just needs to be unlocked and she's back. So we'll see. So do you think Agatha could show up, not in Doctor Strange 2, but in a more magic property? Because it sounds like they're setting up the magic part of the MCU like uh, to come back in a bigger way, um, at least in phase four, because it's always been kind of in the background since the first Doctor Strange movie came out or even all the way back um, for the first Thor when he's like trying to over explain that science and magic are one and the same on Asgard or whatever. And it's like, nah, you're, you're just doing magic now. They said screw it and they're just doing magic. So you never know. Well, and she did say to, to Wanda, Agatha, I mean, sorry, we're back on Agatha, <laughs> um, that you unleashed something and you'll need me. But like, is that true? Will we need Agatha? Because I know like she didn't die. She might have to come back. Or was that just her trying to stay alive? I think of? it was a double meeting. I think, yes, she was trying to stay alive, but I do think it might be foreshadowing in the future to if they need her. I don't know how, but maybe. Would it be similar to what they're doing with Zemo, for example, when they're teaming up with Magneto, and then he's going to betray them anyway, but they need him in the moment? Something like that, where they get Agatha, like, oh, we need you for this specific task. And then at the end, she's like, I'm evil again, lol, and then attacks them or whatever. Because I don't see her having a redemption story. I don't think that's necessary. But Catherine Hahn is like amazing. So I agree. I think they're gonna, she's gonna be kind of like, I don't wanna say the new Loki because we still have Loki doing all this stuff, but like they're gonna go try and need her again and then she's gonna turn on them or something. I don't know. I don't really see her as a redemption kind of character, but honestly, if you're popular enough for the MCU and you last long enough, you will become a hero eventually, probably in some way. So I could see it like it's less likely. I don't think it's happening anytime soon if it does though. It's like Nebula. Nebula started out, you know, you know, full on villain, and now she's redeemed herself, you know, that full stop. That was planned, stop. though. Yeah, see, and that's cool. That word, yeah. So it's yeah. like, what? So yeah, what? What are they gonna do with Miss Agatha Harkness? You never know. She trained she might, Wanda in the okay. comics, so maybe she'll turn into more of like an anti-hero type of situation. That would be cool to see. I think. So Julia, you mentioned that um, Agatha isn't really gonna be a redemption sort of character, but speaking of redemption and kind of staying in that same realm should wanda be punished for what she did good question discuss i think personally i think she's been 
I guess this is sort sort of thing for being alone is sort of punishment enough. I guess it depends on what happens in the future. I do think that um, when mutants come into play, which we've heard this week they are, um, and if Wanda turns out to be one of those or whatever, I think this might fuel their the people's distrust of them if that happens in the MCU. Because the Westview people seem still scared slash unhappy with her, even after they were let go and she uncreated the thing. Um, yeah, like a lot of people were saying, though, like Wanda should be in jail instead of Hayward. Something interesting now that I'm kind of thinking about this, considering that Marvel is obviously going to rely on things that have worked in the past. At the end of this episode, it's kind of similar to the ending of Winter Soldier, where a lot of the characters kind of go into hiding except for Black Widow, because she directly confronts the government. Because we've already had the Civil War storyline, which a lot of it had to do with Scarlet Witch hurting people, not on her own accord, but completely on accident. And in this case, she's done something much worse, because she hurt them over a longer period of time. And that's going to end up, you know, being a big point of arguing for characters in universe. And they're going to be like, oh, Wanda's a weapon and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of proves Hayward's point in a way even though he is clearly like, you know, generic villain man number 55 or whatever. It's like, yeah, Wanda is almost unstoppable and it is dangerous. So her going on the run again, I mean, similar to other characters, I think she's going to do a lot of like reevaluating herself, but whether or not she's punished, I think is going to be up to whatever happens in Doctor Strange, which would be sad for her because she's already dealt with a lot. Um, so we as an audience like, like, her character but the people in the universe obviously think she's crazy and like oh she shouldn't be an avenger and all this stuff i i hope they manage to fix all that i just do think they're not going to repeat like civil war again or any of those plot lines since they've already been done um this also kind of raises the question so this series is about grief and wanda did what she did in this case out of grief like she didn't want to hurt the people she was actually looked like she was trying to help make their life better based on last episode um obviously it didn't go the way she wanted uh, but there's the question of should people be punished or should they be rehabilitated in a way, like get help? So I'm wondering if that's going to come into play in Doctor Strange 2 at all, that debate. Especially people as powerful as her. That's actually a good point. Um, that would be really interesting because it seems like she's letting go, even though, yes, they mentioned that, oh, we can see hello again and White Vision is still out there. But then the ending where she hears the kids, it's like, okay, clearly she's not done and and people like assume that this series was going to be like kind of an abridged or like obviously a mc version of like house of m and stuff and that all of her creating the hex which i guess at this point is what the nexus is or something similar was her kind of manifesting all this grief but i do think she's still crazy and they're still going to do that i just thought of something because you said house of m and i know there's, there's a lot of ties with house of m not the Someone thought it was going to be the reverse of the end of House of M. In House of M, Wanda says no more mutants, and then most of the mutants lose their powers. But people thought that in this series, at the end, she was going to like make more mutants somehow. I'm wondering, because the border of Westview made uh, Monica have powers, maybe if some of the other people in Westview were touching the border or whatever at some point, or stuck in there, maybe it gave them powers and they don't know it yet, and maybe that's how they'll that's what the resolution and the line will be. I don't know. I'm just thinking things. So I actually thought that too originally, and now I'm not entirely sure if they're going to do anything with that. It, it'd be kind of interesting. Um, and that also raises the 
question like how long do these spells last exactly because when she turns agatha back into the nosy neighbor it's like wait is she like trapped in that persona or like how long is that gonna last especially because um it's obvious that scarlet witch is like way off and who knows where so like how how long does the magic last and stuff like that i do think the whole photon thing was more so to do with monica going in and out of the hex so often um that it you know messed with her genetic makeup we'll have to wait and see i guess but yeah it'd be pretty cool if there were you know more mutants now one thing i do want to mention because it was a reference and i caught it because people have been saying it over and over again before this episode came out vision and wanda have a conversation right before the fighting starts where he mentions we have to protect our home and that's apparently just a direct line rip from the comics or at least the reference so it's like oh cool and another reference now that i'm you know jogging the memory there was the wizard of oz reference like really close to the beginning of this episode i was like oh that's the wizard of oz like duh like of course they're gonna do that <laughs> it's really fun i actually wrote that down in my notes when i saw the boots underneath the house i was like oh my gosh they really just did wizard of oz okay <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was Wizard of Oz, but I also thought it was, like, she killed Vision, but I'm like, oh, yeah, Vision's not home yet, I don't think. But, like, did Vision, that Vision just died then. I'm like, what the heck? Then we also get um, another Vision skull-crushing scene, like what he did to Ultron, except different. So that's uh, interesting. You know, we get our little fake-out with White Vision not even trying too hard to pretend he isn't, you know, yeah, something else is pretty neat. Also, uh, no, no Ultron connection necessarily, which I think is, that was expected. I didn't expect like any crazy Ultron stuff. It was just interesting that the explanation for him being evil was more that, that his uh, general, you know, thought process being overridden for him to be a killing machine instead of him having a consciousness after they have their intelligent conversation, which is like the most vision thing ever. That's why I thought it was awesome. Yeah. And the fact that he, he doesn't have the Mind Stone obviously also doesn't really help, I think, <laughs> you know. We found out Billy and Tommy, like Vision, could not survive outside of the Hex this episode. So they died. We didn't see it, but they died. Wanda said goodbye to them and without saying goodbye. Like she, I don't think she told them they were going to die. But then at the end, the very end, you hear their voices while Wanda is reading the Darkhold, and she seems to hear them and want to help them. So, yeah, I think they're going to be Wanda's main motivation in a multiverse of madness. And obviously we want to see their powers again, and it'd be cool if the actors get to grow up in the MCU, although they're kind of a bit too young for that in a way. So they might get recast like Cassie Lang did. Who knows? But I do think they're going to be central to who Scarlet Witch is because that was her entire like thing this episode was she wanted to keep her family alive just for that much longer. And then the whole tucking them into bed before saying goodbye is very sad and all that. So there's a lot left there, I do think. I mean, they're obviously not gone because Wanda can still hear them, but does she hear them in her head or are they somewhere else? I mean, we don't really know where they are right now because, again, if you don't see them die on screen, are they really dead? Are they really gone? Who knows? I mean, they're definitely coming back, I think, whether it be in this form or another, <laughs> but they're coming back. I, I believe that they will. Now that I'm thinking about it, so Wanda mentions that Vision is a piece of the Mind Stone that lives inside her, which I guess that, that actually fits well with the stuff she was seeing in Infinity War. Like, you know, I only feel you when she's like you're messing with the Mind Stone. It's like because they have a connection that way. 
And something that's interesting is, well, the kids clearly were made by the Mind Stone too, it combined with her magic. And that kind of, I think, is a good explanation for how she's able to mind control these people without knowing it. Like, obviously, they explain, oh, she's a Scarlet Witch, most powerful witch ever, and can do all this stuff. And it's like, I do think a part of it is kind of the Mind Stone in a way, considering the powers that we've seen it do, like with Loki and the Scepter. And the Hex itself rewriting Monica's, you know, DNA and everything, uh, I think can also be attributed to like, you know, Infinity Stone magic stuff. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah. I was also somehow through this reminded of uh, Wanda telling the boys like, oh, you were born to do this while they were going to fight off the uh, the army or the military. Uh, like she, I don't know. I don't know if she said you were born to do this or you were made to do this. Like, but yeah, so they were basically also like they're a part of her. So they have the powers, but is that because of the Mind Stone or is that because of they are Wanda's children? Yeah, that was never really clear and it's like uh, that's another thing that wasn't really resolved because like it doesn't have none of them neither of them have divisions powers it's wanda and quicksilver so so do you think that the explanation for their powers in this are going to be more that they're kind of wanda's extended family like idea in her head type thing where she's like planting powers in them that are familiar to her like the maximoffs it's like it's yeah. like, um, you know, Pietro said, chip off the old Maximoff block, dude, like that thing. Yeah, I think so. so yeah, I think that's going to be the explanation since, well, you know, like, they're not mutants. They're not part of Vision in any way, so they yeah, have to no. be Wanda's in any way, in some way, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be interesting, too, because they get their little Incredibles moment, although it's not, like, as crazy as that movie, obviously, because that's an animated movie. And that was one of the things I was talking about at the beginning, is that some of the stuff that could have been more exciting was a bit hasty in this episode. Like it was still satisfying, but like, for example, um, getting to see Monica use her powers and the kids as well, they only really use them all in one scene and it's very quick. Also Hayward like shoots kids. So that's kind of sick. He like should in be a bad way. Just because of that. <laughs> yes. So yeah, man's uh, got what he deserved with Darcy coming in. What are your thoughts about the series as a whole? Good or bad or somewhere in the middle? Um, is it fan catering or a tale about trauma and healing? This is definitely not fan catering if you go by the internet because the internet expected all these different Marvel characters like from the comics you've never seen before and cameos from this, that, and the other. And like it to set up a lot of things and it didn't exactly do that except for with the characters it set out to do so with. So... Yeah, so I wouldn't call it fan service because it was very rooted in what the story was. It was all towards the overall story. If it, things were in there to cater to the story, not to fans or even the Easter eggs, most of them were about the story itself. So yeah, and I would say it's a good series, really good first jump into uh, Marvel on Disney Plus. And I know this was not intended to be the first series on Disney Plus, but it's funny that it was ended up being that way because it's about TV. So it was kind of meta in that sense. My uh, big reaction now that I've kind of collected all my thoughts is that this is similar to me personally, um, like Logan was in that the first like few parts of like acts I guess of Logan to me were extremely good and then the finale I thought was just good enough and that's kind of how I feel about this series where it's all very very good and the ending does have very satisfying moments but I do feel like it could have been a bit stronger but that does not discount the rest of the series and I do think the rest of the series plus this finale as a whole does work extremely well in the MCU 
it is something new and we do get some familiar stuff as well. And I do think it's gonna be a good sign of things to come for phase four if they keep this up. And I do think they will continue to you know, improve and tell crazier stories. And I do think some fan expectations are like kind of based more on the fact that this is a series. If it was all released at once, it, reactions would have been different a bit. Yeah, that's that's kind of my main thoughts now that I've collected everything. I do think I really like this and I do think the ending is satisfying regardless of it being not as crazy as it probably could have been. I think it is good enough. And I think that's a good sign for things to come. Yes, I am on the exact same page, though I am very easy to please. So <laughs> I loved this entire show, which is I already loved Wanda uh, as a character and Wanda and Vision's relationship. So for me, this was just chef's kiss, you know, <laughs> it was, um, I guess, everything I hoped for. Yeah, I really, really loved it. I don't really have anything else to say about it. I just I was satisfied by the end. Could it could it have been more? Probably. Um, but I'm fine with the way it ended for now. Like we said, it's not an ending. It's more of a setup to um, the rest of the movies, obviously. So yeah, that's my um, my five cents. Also, shout out to them for doing a good job handling grief. I remember a few episodes into this, I'm like, are they going to make Wanda a villain based on her grieving? Um, that is clearly not the case. If she does become a villain, it's because of some other stuff going on. Not exactly like she's mad she lost everybody and so she's going crazy now um so yeah i'm glad they took it seriously i'm glad they kept to that core theme i'm really glad when big franchises like marvel do that with mental health in a good way and do a good job with it because it is a major representation for that and it shows people how it can be and how it can be handled so Good job on that, Marvel. Thank you all so much for tuning into the final episode of the wonderful world of WandaVision. We'll sure be missing WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, but you won't have to miss the Boardwalk Times multiverse of Marvel for long. This is the end of our wonderful world of WandaVision series, but we'll be back on March 19th with our brand new season, Legacy of That Shield, where the multiverse of Marvel cast will be breaking down, theorizing, and having fun discussing the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as it releases on Disney+. Plus. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And for more Marvel content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BoardwalkTimes.